Grow Thyself is dedicated to the exploration of the most rewarding task an individual can ever embark on, the journey to find oneself. Our intention is to investigate the universal principles that have equipped our species to seek the treasure of all treasures, self-knowledge. With your host, Daniel Pawinski and Eduardo Manteca, this is the Know Thyself Podcast. All right, welcome to the Know Thyself podcast. I am Eduardo Manteca, and I am here with Daniel Pawinski. Hello. And today we continue with the, um, well, I shouldn't say the planets, but I guess uh, astrological breakdowns. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, so the moon. I'm very excited to, to talk about the moon today. Um, you know, there's so many, um, there's just a, a a plethora of information on like what to look up on the moon and what to like really um, kind of sort of use for guidance. But, you know, the moon, as we've all known, um, has a direct effect on our emotions, right? And so with this episode, we'll be able to sort of, not sort of, we will be able to uh, answer a lot of questions as to why it affects our emotions and what, um, you know, what it's been thought of in ancient times and what it's still thought of in our current time. And, uh, again, I'm just doing a terrible job of this introduction, but I, I guess I just like have so many questions. So let's start with breaking down the moon though, Daniel. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no man, but you brought back, um, you brought up a really strong point about the moon being, um, connected and representing emotions and the emotion, emotional nature of, what it means to be conscious. Um, so I think that's a really, really important component to kind of pull up right away and really kind of reflect on, because that is really a lot of the energy that we're going to be discussing today. Um, so the moon is going to be, it's going to rule over emotions. It's going to rule over cycles, which is going to be really important. Mm -hmm. um, the home, that's going to be like the physical home and also your like spiritual home that you create within yourself. Um, so motherhood, okay, reflection, the element of water. And again, we, we've really started to kind of scratch the surface of the four elements and how they work. Um, actually, the five elements is really what we talk about, because we were really talking about ether last week with the Jedi and the Force, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that fifth element. But we're really going to be looking at water today. And, you know, we've spoken about air, we've spoken about fire, and we've spoken about earth. And we're going to, in the future, really have a breakdown episode where we're really looking at those elements, because just within the study of the elements themselves, there's podcasts and podcasts and podcasts you can right. do right but the moon is just such a perfect reflection of water um and i mean it really even rules water like we're going to talk about physically um but the the you know a part of all those archetypes the other archetype that the moon's really going to represent is that nourishing factor um the nourishing of yourself and the other people um you know it's that female receptive energy and the female is very is very prominent in this one. And we really see those female energies and the expression of those female energies. Um, rhythm is going to be um, kind of represented in this. The inner world, um, so kind of our internal self, our subconscious, that shadow self is very much represented with the moon. Um, and also the inner teachings of spirituality, 
Okay. So, you know, we really do take a look when we study spirituality. It's really the study of the sun's mysteries and the moon's mysteries. And a lot of the stuff we actually could discover in here, um, like these archetypal patterns and even the archetypal patterns of these planets, these are very much like a moon mystery. Um, it's kind of what they kind of embody. Um, and then, and also, um, you know, with it, with motherhood, with it, with cycles, it's really um, representative of the womb as well, the female womb that's going to, you know, go through the cycles to create new life. I mean, that's what the moon's all about. It's new life, the death, new new life, the death. And it's all, it's again, it's that story of rebirth always keeps coming. And as we study spirituality, we really start to understand, you know, just how important this rebirth is and how you go through more than just one death, which is your physical death. There's always death that are happening. You know, new cycles are beginning, new cycles are ending. Right. Um, And also, you know, one of the big aspects is the relationship between the past and the present. Okay. Now that's going to be something that's really important because when you really start doing that work of the shadow self, really start doing that dive down into the subconscious, you really start to examine the patterns that formed before your conscious awakening, of course, but a lot of these patterns were formed in your early, early childhood that you don't actually have the physical memories to actually understand how these patterns were formed Um, and being able to reflect on that. And again, the moon's all about reflection and we're going to talk about why, you know, by it imposing that idea of, and it just being an expression of that idea of reflection physically of how it reflects the sun's light. um, We also have that power and that, Um, capacity to reflect and we can go back and look at those past and reflect on how it influences the present and then if there's something negative there there's some kind of trauma there we can work through it through those other planets make a new connection a new reflection and then that pattern is rewritten um, to the betterment of ourself rather than the detriment of ourself well said right well said well i think we should start first with um you know one thing that you just said sort of Maybe go, okay, this is exactly what I've been reading about and wanting to know more in regards to the moon and its feminine energy. Yes. So, and and multiple cultures, if not all, and you were saying it is Japan that sees the moon as a male and not a female. Right. But I want to go right into uh, the moon and its moods, and then we can kind of start breaking down um, where that sacred feminine, as we were talking about, like that energy actually comes from, why it appears to be that way, and how the moon is... The female energy, right? Um, but yeah, right. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Perfect start off, man, because that's exactly what we're we're talking about. Um, and, and through most cultures, almost all cultures, the moon is always going to be reflected as a female. Um, the only one being the um, abnormal would be Japan, but we can kind of go into that discussion because it really is that reflection of the uh, each other in it, um, and that's a right. beautiful story. But when we really study the moon, we do because the moon is such this receptive controller of cycles and that female energy and you know the moon not only the represents that sacred feminine but also that sacred mother energy um and one of the big aspects is and again we always kind of study these planets in duos right remember we studied saturn and jupiter and it's really important to kind of understand those together um Mars and Venus, right, together. Mercury, we studied kind of with every planet because we just realized that that's that androgynous one that kind of moves around. Right. Um, but now when we get to this aspect, we're going to study, when we study the moon, it's at the same time you're studying the sun. 
Um, and those are going to be the two pairs. And these are going to play such a huge role in ancient mythology because these were the two biggest um, objects in our physical space, right? So like the reason why they had seven planets in classical astrology is because these are the seven planets that were visible to the naked eye, right? right? You can perceive Saturn, it's very small, and you have to be very observant to understand that it's a planet. But through all this knowledge, they were able to do this. These two elements, the sun and the moon, um, were not very hidden, right? Everybody, any conscious individual has seen the sun. Every conscious individual has seen the moon, um, even on unconscious, you know what I mean? It's just, it's the biggest thing in our, right. Um, right. right. It's, it's the biggest visible thing we can see. So that moon has always kind of been that, that light in the darkness, um, to kind of help guide us. And one of the reasons why, the moon has always had this reflective female energy and this nourishing energy about her and this caring energy is because of what it embodied and actually physically how it worked. So the sun light is what reflects off of the moon. The moon right. does not produce any light itself. Right. Um, and in the study of spirituality, as we kind of really start to understand this, that the sun really represents that Christ consciousness, that father energy. Um, and it's blinding. You can't look directly into the sun very long um, to really meditate on the creator, meditate on universal consciousness. Like it's just too powerful. So, how you study the sun, which is the embodiment of universal creation in our reality, is by its reflection in the water or in the reflection off of the moon. So again, you study the sun through the reflection of the moon, and that's how you get to know the father. You get to know the father through your relationship with the mother. Um, and then we'll kind of get into, you know, why certain energies at certain times create, you know, when we talk about like the waning and the waxing, mm -hmm. but that's really that big aspect that we really wanted to kind of, to really kind of look at um, because that's really what it, what we're dealing with in that situation, you to perceive the father, you perceive the father through the mother, through that reflection and that, and that power to reflect and that aspect of reflection that the moon represents um, is what gives us that embodiment in ourselves to right. be able to reflect on that burning passion, Leo energy, sun, moon, that is just too powerful. Again, we will physically go blind if you stare at the moon, but if you stare at its reflection in water, you can study it. Right. You can really get to know it. And again, this is why the moon is so in charge of like meditation as well, because you're really reflecting on that universal consciousness light. Because it's again, it's it's the light of the universe. It will blind you, but through that process of reflection, um, through the mother, you can climb that ladder to get to the father. Right. Right. No, well so, said. So, um, so yeah. Again, that's kind of why it's got the mother energy, and then. Um, the other one, when you were discussing about the moods. Yeah, the moods. Right. And, and I know I was asking you about how the earth rotates on its axis and how the moon is in charge of that, but how it affects like sort of the energy of the human. Right. You know, that is that is here. And, and I know you've all heard, you know, how it shifts the tides and how it changes or it affects climate for us also, just as much as the sun does. Um, but uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to know how it's direct reflection as we're talking about here has an effect on us with with humans i mean i know that uh that's where you can find the uh what the rooted word you know for lunacy right oh for right a, a yeah. Lunatic yeah luna luna yeah. right moon in latin or in spanish or um 
uh, and many other languages. But um, I don't want to get off really quick. I just want to know more about the mood, though. Like, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, man. And you did a great job. Um, I mean, it's just so funny because the moon, you can get off topic so quickly because it just covers so much. Like right when you were saying it's that, a I, lot. Like, I, I wanted this to like break out about so many different things, um, but we will, I will try to stay focused. Um, but yeah, you brought up the idea of um, moods, right? Um, and again, this is, um, the moon represents that emotional energy inside us. It does. It represents that water. Okay. Um, and we physically know, and again, this is where, this is how you can like always just kind of have astrology conversations with people because they're very comfortable talking about, again, Mercury retrograde and the moon. Right. Right. People who are going to tell you all day that astrology is not a thing will tell you that, oh, I work in the hospitals and full moons are crazy, or I'm right. a school teacher and full moons are a little crazy. Even when it rains out, it's a little crazy at schools, especially like in Arizona, because it doesn't rain very often. But you know it as a, as oh, a rainy yeah. day, you're like, the, the kids are just going to be, the motion's going to be a little different. Like everything is going to be, th- there's, the water's coming out, yeah. right? Okay, so like, you're just like, don't sink the ship. But it, it is like, teachers will talk about that and they'll yeah. talk about these astrological aspects that happen but the moon being full is something that you see and people get connected to also really left brain science people love to tell you how the moon controls the tides and they it's so amazing how the right. moon controls the tides and then you're like yeah that's amazing and then you're like and we're like three-fourths to like four-fifths water right and they're like yeah that's amazing and they're like do you think it controls like our emotional tides and they're like no way you know what i mean yeah. but you yeah. don't even realize that that we are made mostly of water um and if it has, if the moon has an effect on this huge body of water, it's almost um, arrogant to say it's not going to have an effect on our huge portion of water, right? right? Um, and again, this is really what the moon's going to represent because it does, it rules these emotions. Um, and why the moon does this and that energy that kind of creates, because it does, it kind of controls that water within us. And this is why you can get boiled over, right? Because it's all about that water. I'm all steamed up mm-hmm. or, you know, you always use water terms. Um, and that's why you need to cool off. Like it's always considered with like how your internal water is like stuff gets us boiled over, heated up. Exactly. Um, right. And we, again, we use these terms all the time and we don't realize that they've got like an astrological base to them. Um, but even just like the moons, so how the moon works is it's it's a very applicable um, occult power, okay? Because again, people perceive it already. So why this one is so useful into self-study is because you can really perceive that occult esoteric energy that we talk about, which is, again, it's just the bouncing off that electromagnetic energy that's created from the sun mm-hmm. is bouncing off these planets and then reflecting back to us. And that's what changes that electromagnetic energy. So there's actually, again, this physical science about it, but that the moon is so close to us and we see its cycle so clearly um, and we watch it go through the zodiac sign every 28 days, you can really, if you start focusing stuff, you can really start to understand understand the zodiac you can understand the houses um everything in these 28 day cycles and you really kind of start learning about it because it only takes a, a moon's in a new planet in two and a half days is in a new sign in two and a half days so it's always in this always. constant motion around us so yeah it's always uh and it always takes on the energies of the sign that it's in and it's very reflective and very receptive so again that it's so reflective and receptive it really takes on the energy of these signs that it's in and it really kind of pushes that energy out there um and this is why 
you have moods because it's it's your moon going through these sciences. Again, it's where your birth chart moon is and how it's connection with where the moon is currently. But this is why you go through all these different moods and you go through, and that's why, again, it's moods is based off of moons, okay? It's that emotional energy and it's the experience and that filter that you're perceiving it through, whether it's Aquarius, Aries, right? Um, whether it's a full moon, whether it's waxing, whether it's waning, all these energies are gonna make themselves present. So when you really start looking at self-study, the moon is a great cycle to be based off of, okay? And that's why we based our months off of the right. moon. It's moons. It's really just the moons. Um and this is really what it used to be based on. Um, and again, this is why they don't really base it. So uh, they've almost like taken that away with us with the Gregorian calendar. Like that's why it's like 12 instead of 13. And it's, it's not this like whole system where we could just kind of follow the moons all the time. They, they break that up and they don't make sure that the calendar doesn't start because they don't want us to really see that pattern that's there. Right. Um, but if you've ever spent time with a female they internally know what this pattern is. They are so connected to this pattern. Again, I mean, it doesn't just represent female energy. It also represents like the female menstrual cycle, right. which is just the menstrual cycle, okay? And they will be, females will always tell you, and they've told you since the beginning of time, like when men get really on their high britches about like how their new fake science that they are touting is so superior, but then the female will always be like, no, there's, we have some kind of connection with the moon. Like I physically know that. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's, it's, it's a physical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing. Um, and it's just an aspect that is undeniable. Right. Right. Um, and again, you brought up the word about lunacy and lunatic, and that is based off of the lunar energies. Right. right? And then, you know, this is why werewolves come out in the full moon because it's that moon energy that's out there. Um, and again, that moon energy can represent, it's just got, it's got polarity. So it can represent that mothering, nurturing, caring energy, but that also can represent your negative dark side, that dark self that hasn't been washed with the love of universal consciousness. Okay. Because you do, you, you travel to your dark self to accept it, and then you start to clean it and embody it. But there is a cleaning phase because a lot of that stuff happened to you. That might've been trauma. There might've been, um you know, preconceived notions. There could have been patterns that you formed right. when you were in anger and in fear. Um, so when you find that shadow self, there is this process of kind of watching it, but there that that uncontrolled shadow self that's unreflective, that's what the werewolf was all about. That's the the energies that you just push down during the day, push down during the day. And then when it's that full moon and that energy is at its highest, it takes over you and you become the beast. Um, again, like all those stories, like the Dracula and the werewolves, and those are all esoterically based. Um, there's there's a deep psychological reason behind those stories. Like we know what ener energy vampires are, right? Right? Um, right. So it's you know there's always like these deep deep meanings, but the moon is just all about that. And again, how it travels through, um, how it goes through that cycle so so quickly, um, we get to perceive it um, in a very very in your face, but also a very applicable matter. Um, and learning how to work with the moon is so important to self-study. You know, mm. you know, one of the things that we are really, really trying to kind of create here is the idea of proper manifestation in alignment with truth, right? That's kind of like our big thing. You know, you, you line yourself with truth and then you start manifesting what you need to do for, um, the evolution of consciousness, right? right? Um, 
the moon gives you that model to follow, the cycles of the moon. So we have this waxing period, the full moon, and the waning. And again, this is something that ceremonial magic, right. um, Wicca community is very strong on. Um, like Wicca magic, like you learn the planets and everything, but your main focus is the moon because you know how powerful it is at creation, um, how powerful it is that it's the um, it's the connection again to the eternal and external, right? It's the connection to the eternal and the eternal, right? It's forever right. and it's within. Um, and it's, um, so, you know, learning how to even work with the moon. So like when the moon's in that waxing stage, this is really where we're planting the seeds of what we want to manifest. Right. Um, this is the planning of, this is where you're really starting to put, get projects into motion and following that, you know, and that project doesn't have to be a physical project. This could be a self project, you know, this could be an internal study. And this is really what it probably should be the focus of this stuff. Um, and then you build that up to that full moon expression when you can really reflect on it. Because again, on that full moon, we have that full reflection of that sun energy. So we can study the creative, we can study the uh, universal consciousness and that um, impulse to live very, very clearly because we're getting the most of that sun at that moment. Um, and that's why that is, it's all about, that's like when the manifestation really starts to take form. Right. And then the waning is really a reflection um, of that first process, how it went you know, the outcome of the situation. And also that's a great time to kind of push energy away from you. You know, you're kind of pulling information and energy in and that waxing, that waning is a good time to kind of banish um, stuff that doesn't serve the purpose of universal consciousness anymore. Right. Um, but keeping within that cycle and not fighting that cycle, going with the ebb and the flow of the universe and not, you know, we always talk about going with the stream. This is what we're talking about. The water is ruled by the moon. Like when we're talking about going with the flow, that railroad boat, your boat episode, understanding the patterns of the moon is so important. And I get off the stages yeah. and I know when I'm off that stage, like it's just, you can let the moon's energy really kind of tell you what your emotional state is. It's because again, it changes the signs every two and a half days. That's an easy thing to check in on every morning. Where's the moon? You know, this is going to be a good understanding of kind of the f reflective parameters of my emotions during this day. So yeah. maybe, you know, if something like the moon's in cancer, like maybe I need to, um, my reflection might be about my home or my own self. Right. Um, and it just, it gives you, it gives you a, a forecast of the energy that's present. It's not going to tell you what's going to happen, but this is the energy that's going to be present. How do I want to react? Do I want to build off of this or do I want to destroy with this? Right. Um, but again, it just gives it that first step to kind of start working with the planets. And then as you start working with the moon, you start to see and you can start incorporating the other planets and your knowledge just kind of expands. Yeah. Right. No, it's good to understand how to navigate through the cycles and the recycles, much like death and birth. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so that that's something that's very difficult to, I guess, sort of live and let go through. Um, but it doesn't have to be just a physical death, you know, it could be the death of, of, of something that was a pattern that wasn't serving you any more purpose, but learn, learning how to let go of it or letting how to go through its cycle mm -hmm. is, is proper. And knowing, knowing how to navigate with those cycles will probably relieve you from, I would say more difficult, uh, times, you know, and like, again, learning about these cycles is, is key. And that's why the ancients, would understand the cycle that came from this reflection or understand like what was 
to come from, you know, making sure that that when it was in that full moon and um, power, you know, something was done, um, you know, about it ahead of time rather than just like not really knowing what's, what's to come, what to expect. Um, yeah, yeah, no. And, um, absolutely, man. I think the, um, you know, again, this whole, the moon being the representation of the womb, um, and how we're incubating our manifestations and we create life through what we collect, through what we think, feel, and act. And we are these, this aspect right. of this creator, we are this master builder and really just almost seeing its connection with that and really starting to kind of see the process of yourself as this creator and using it again through that parameters of the moon, because the moon just gives you, it gives you that vehicle to understand this process. It is the, it, it rules all these cycles of creation, which is what we need to do because we know that on the, on the part of knowing thyself and going out and getting self knowledge, we need to create a more, um, holistic living experience for all life on earth right so we know that this creative energy is going to be something that we're called upon um and again this creative energy can be used in the external world and this creative energy can be used in the internal world right right and it should always be using on the internal world and we should always be you know creating a stronger foundation creating a stronger character um you know giving expression to that and then also reflecting on who we've become and reflecting on our past um that's one of the big things when we talk about the moon, um, and so the moon represents memory, but it represents memory in almost an emotional aspect. Okay, so um, you know, other planets are going to kind of represent mem- memory in like kind of like a physical, but this is going to be like that emotional energy, that emotional um, energy that's been left over from the past, um, and kind of the imprint it has made on our subconscious. Okay. Cause the moon does represent the subconscious. And that's again, why when we talk about the moon and it's like, oh man, we could talk about so many things is because the subconscious just goes all the way down to the bottom, right? It gets you all the way back to that internal life. So you really could just take the study of the moon and just go so, so deep in what it actually represents. And, you know, one of the things we're really going to do is we want to make like a membership page, but also we want to make like a addendums to these videos and i'm going to be really excited when we go into the moon um especially like the moon's connection with pluto because once you get outside of the seven visible planets um we will talk about neptune we will talk about pluto but what those are they're just kind of the higher expression of the planet so pluto is the higher expression of the moon Um, and when we start talking about that relationship you can really start to see the womb of consciousness where this is almost the the womb that's in front of us now with our moon is almost the root, the womb of the self um, and kind of like the present, but it kind of gets deeper and deeper, but that's really what the moon represents. It's that, that connection to that subconscious and going in and really understanding that, that shadow self and incorporating that into you. Um, and again, just that, that womb of life, you know, that connection to, to the all knowing and to the all loving. And, you know, even that, that trauma of birth that we go through, um, a researcher, Michael Cesarian, he'll go and he'll speak like 10 hours on the trauma, the occult trauma of birth, of being disconnected from that eternal source, Mm -hmm. being disconnected from your mother and pulled into this physical world 
to embody this experience of our soul, which is so important, but traumatizing, right? Um, and just how comfortable that womb was. Um, this is also why, um, I don't know if we've brought, brought, brought it up on the podcast before, but when you're trying to quiet somebody down, you go, shh, right. shh, right? Or calm somebody down. And that's really to mimic the water, um, the sound of water in your mother's womb right. that you listen to for nine months in this most pleasant, you know, you were one with the mother. Right. It's exactly what we're trying to do now. Like when we talk about the hero's journey, a lot of times the hero's journey is there to reconnect with the sacred the feminine. Sacred feminine yeah. Right. So really like our, that trauma birth, you can really kind of start talking about how it's like your own personal fall of man. And then you climb back that ladder to get back into that internal source of the mother. Um, but you do that through the light guiding of your father. Right. Right. But again, you can't steal directly into the light. So you, re you reflect on that reflection that your mother gives you. Um, and again, this is, I mean, just archetypally, like the mother is usually for the son or the daughter, the easier one to love. And again, the mother doesn't have to be the female. The father could represent that female energy, like that mother energy, right? Archetypes don't have to be just raised. Like, again, you know, I, we get to this like idea today of like gender and people get so upset, but like that female energy could come from the father. Exactly. Right. And like, and that could be that, but that's the energy that the child really connects with that makes them feel safe and makes right. them feel at home. Right. And that father energy, it's still loving, but it's more like, you got to get your stuff done. It's that Leo energy. Like it's the days up, you know, the sun's rose and what are you doing? Like, come on, come on, rise, 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 right. rise. Um, you know, utilize the day. So that receptive comfort mother of that, the loving energy of the mother um, is just, it's so important to the psyche um, and to that almost like that safehood of the individual. Absolutely. Right. You know, and yeah. again, this is why the moon represents the home right. um, and why it's, it's such an important aspect. You know, you need food, water, and shelter. Right. Um, and it's such an important thing. Um, and again, that moon also is going to represent not only physical security, but also the emotional security internally. Okay. And that's why you keep your physical home in order and you keep your internal home in order. Right. Because it's very important to keep that internal safeness. And again, this is, you know, whatever happens in this world, if we really were true to this path, you know, it doesn't matter what your fate is in the next couple seconds, you can always retreat back to that home and feel safe with that internal consciousness that is what pushes life. Exactly. You know, it's that reflection in those time of need, especially with how crazy this world's getting. Oh you know, gosh, right. we don't know if we're going to be in that situation, but in that moment, we must go within and realize that, you know, there is an internal love, there is an internal life. And yeah, I mean, that's what people become. I'm sorry, I didn't no. interrupt. I was just saying, like, people just are so heavily guarded. So if you meet people yeah. that are heavily guarded, they're guarding that. Mm -hmm. That is what they're guarding. And some of them, um, whoever you are, I know have had it more difficult than others. But I know that, like, in the case for me, I'll just use me as an example. Like, I will be that mother energy when I have children. And I, I have a great relationship with my mother, but I'm also a Gemini. And that has a great effect with the mother's relationship to a son with regards to the moon. Mm. And so, um, but that's just something I know about my, myself, my relationship, um, with that energy, but she allowed me to understand that sacred feminine at a very young age, which is, hasn't really left that, um, that special place inside. And so I know that once I have children, that'll be my way of aiding, um, my, my wife with 
that female energy and that embodiment of like that sacred feminine that we're talking about here because if they say the sun is the counterpart to the moon and and the moon is what is giving us this uh kind of like the hemispheres of the brain we were talking about that you know just because and i like that you brought up the gender roles here but just because you are male or or female like it's we're all still coming from the same and that is the the womb you know Mm -hmm. which is only one which is a female you know um and and trying to get back to that is 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 key just like understanding the moon itself yeah yeah absolutely man no it's it's so true and you know when we kind of think about this moon energy and this womb and this female energy um you know just how important that motherly energy is um again it can be represented from either sex but you know it's it's one of those energies and the sacred feminine has really been in um there's been a war with the sacred feminine. There's been a war with the divine masculine. Like they're trying to kill these archetypes because this is what makes us human. And, um, you know, even just the touch of the sacred feminine, Mm -hmm. like an emotionally charged touch is one of the most powerful things in the world. It can transcend words. It can train, you know, you could, somebody could be irate. They could be completely broken down and they, they don't need to be said anything. They don't need anything but touch, you know, even a child, if a child doesn't get touched within the first 10 hours, it dies. Like that's unreal. Like the human touch is so forming the consciousness. Like, you know, I, I really fear about, you know, all the babies that were born through this whole little pandemic thing. I hope that they don't have any, like, what are the emotional, like, what are they going to be the consequences of them being six feet away from their parents almost at all time and not even seeing their parents full face um, and them wearing a mask and that, you know, just like, we don't need, we got to think about even these consequences. Like, what is the effect if we're talking about that trauma of childbirth can actually affect our subconscious? Um what are, you know, there's so much, all you are doing at that stage from that zero to three and zero to five is you are just forming your subconscious. Right. You are forming those patterns. Um, well, that's what I mean by people who are heavily guarded when you meet, and I'm not here to, you know, speak, um, I'm not a psychologist here or a psychiatrist or anything with a degree that would allow me to make an assessment, but you can pick out people right away when they've had that disconnection that you're talking about at a very young age, because then once they're older, that is what you find when they're guarded. Yeah, It's not necessarily like, oh, it went badly with either mom or dad, but there's something around that, um, those formative years that one, things were formatting, were not really uh, emotionally, I guess, available um, yeah. for that individual, which is, is really sad to see. But you know, that's why I've always taken it upon myself to when a kid looks inquisitive and looks at me at the store, um, one day when you see our faces, you'll see that, you know, I just got this beard and, and we've <laughs> talked about like the Disney villain thing. But um, one of the things that um, I just remember a lot is children staring at my beard and my eyebrows. And at times I can look rather stoic, I suppose, or just look kind of like stern because people have asked me, are you okay? But every time I see a kid, I just tap into my inner child right away and just give them like a genuine smile. And you can see just how quickly their, their guard is let down. Cause they're like, Oh, I can trust. I'm like, yeah, you can trust me. I was like, I'm goofy as you know, right, nothing right, whatever right. you think I am. But the same thing goes for the other way around. When like a child feels insecure and say gets lost in the store, there's nothing better than that warm touch of like an older female, especially who's like, you know, 
probably should be retired out of working at this department store, but she just sees you lost and puts her hand on just on your back to be like, we're going to find your mom. And you're like, yeah, we are. Right. We are Helen. Right. Like, right. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then you want to be even friends with her. Like you might be asking your parents, like whatever happened to her? Like, right. let it go. She like, my birthday. She just found you. Yeah. Exactly. And brought you to me. It was only moments. It's like, nah, it's not the Helen yeah, I remember. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, understanding those energies and where they come from is, is really what I'm saying. And I know that you were talking about, um, mood and the moon, but, but I, again, I think it's, it's important that we understand these, these roles that we all have to play and how we need to, um, you know, affect, um, our surroundings by noticing when there's a lack of that, when there's a lack of that understanding. And I think that's something that's key with even just taking away from... You're talking like the sacred feminine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Like if you can like, you know, step up, if you see a situation that you think is lacking that, then, you know, I think it's important that you sort of take a step forward and just say, okay, like how can I embody this, you know, say a sacred female, female, Mm -hmm. I'm a male, but I would embody like say the, whatever I learned within the love bestowed upon me from my mom or from like my, my grandma or from, you know, my wife, um, uh, girlfriend, spouse as a male, it's like, okay, like I need to like get down to this person's level and sort of understand what's going on and how to reassure them. It's going to be okay. Versus like right now with this whole, I mean, culturally we're all just shifting so quickly, but I still see that, you know, children especially right now are not really sure how to feel about it and not mm-hmm. really sure like what to think so if you see an opportunity like a weak point where you could like fill that void in with you know even just a gesture like i said a smile if you can even if you just raise your eyebrows a little bit or make some silly face i think it, it goes a long way yeah um no yeah. absolutely man no i think that's you know and again we talk about applicable aspects of these archetypes and you know we we always try to do that but this would be an applicable nature of using that female sacred feminine energy at a time that we really need it because again everybody's kind of so drunk with fear and fears turned into a virtue and that whole aspect um but you know there was that there was a great great quote that um that i saw once that said you should you be who you needed when you were younger yes be who you needed when you were younger and i think that's so important especially for us as we you know are transitioning into this and you know you just you you needed that individual that again you thought was the disney villain to smile at you and be like oh wait you're actually good right maybe it's this politician i shouldn't trust and you're like it's absolutely that politician you shouldn't trust right but um but yeah absolutely man it's like that whole thing and and again this moon energy and we're like what it entails in this and this aspect of it you know the moon the moon has that connection to source and to spirit. Um, and spirit sees you as spirit knows you can be. Right. Okay. So it's a bond beyond this like ego with the lower E and this self with the lower S, right? Lowercase S, lowercase E. Um, and it sees you and it, and it perceives what you can be. Okay. So this is also why people's emotions can be torment to them and it could also they can always be an emotional turmoil and this is really spirit trying to have you recognize that you are not who you need to be and it will call you out this is what the whole dark night of the soul is it's that experience with the source and opening yourself up to it to understand that you need to go on improvement 
like what needs to be done. Um, and it will do this. It's it, in my own personal life right now, I'm going through, you know, intense emotional turmoil and it's been like that. And, but it's because universal consciousness is like, you're not who you need to be yet. Like you still look at all, you need to go through these challenges. Right. I know what you can be, but it's not going to be by, you know, these false claims that you're attaching yourself to, you know, what are you going to liberate yourself from? What are you going to become? Are you going to fulfill your destiny? You know, because again, the angels can't make the moves for us, but they can kind of, again, they sit in that, they sit right on that verge of understanding and just, they, they just say awake, awake, you know, and that's that, that process of us actually perceiving what is trying to be guided and what is kind of be told to us. Um, and so through this dark night of the soul, you really start to understand that, that, this experience is not just logical. There's this emotional intelligence that's going to come with the evolution of our soul and the evolution of our character. And there's this internal definition that we need to go in and define about ourselves and really pull back up to that surface. Mm -hmm. Like when we were talking about that story of the pearl, right? Where does he have to go? He has to go deep down into the ocean to get that pearl. That's going deep down into your subconscious. And this is what that dark night of the soul is all about. And you will be stripped of all your physical things. Like you will get stripped of what, what you, what you're attaching yourself to. Like this whole process is for you to become like, that's why you separated from the womb. That's why you had the fall was so you could actually be the, cause you're the son of the King. You're going to go out and you're going to reconnect with what you are to travel back to the King, get right. back to that universal consciousness. And that's again, always that journey. We talked about it, you know, through the hero's journey. We talked about it last week with the star Wars breakdown. Um, you know, we're all just in this process of walking each other back home. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this whole thing is about. And you use this subconscious energy, not only to go back and reflect on your past, but this is also your connection into the archetypal patterns that we've been studying. So like when George Lucas was constructing um, Star Wars and he's utilizing all these archetypes, it was not just a study of ancient religions. It was also an internal study of the self because these are the patterns, the universal patterns that are imprinted on our subconscious. And this is again, why we can dream in the same, we dream the same symbols, right? We um, have these shared experiences and how these stories pull up on all different cultures. It's because again, there's an imprint and there's information that's internal to us that we actually can almost download, but it, it takes that, balanced brain it takes that firing neocortex right, right. you know it takes that full understanding um and then it also takes the understanding of studying your intuition like a scientist you know like you know there's this energy of you know this there's this great organization called the brotherhood of light and they were around in the early night i mean they've been around forever but they wrote these amazing books in the 1920s and 30s and they talk about how you know, you study your intuition, which is kind of like the information we're talking about, but you validate it just like you do with any other scientific thing. And you really start to try to identify the different feelings of your gut, right? Because like, oh, I have a gut feeling. Well, is it a gut feeling that you're right or wrong? Like you even study what that internal feeling is. Right. And you really just like take that process even further. And again, we are, you know, we do that aspect and you want to take the scientific approach into the subconscious, but there is very vast, important information to the understanding of yourself and the understanding of human consciousness that's buried deep within those patterns. And we have to go deep. We have to go internal. Um, and, you know, and, and the energy for doing that 
has to be true. So you have to be in alignment with truth and you have to represent truth to get the deepest information because the mother sees through the facade. She sees through like your clever Mercury and how you're clever with your tongue. She sees how you're, you know, that juvenile energy that you're like kind of trying to paint this thing with Jupiter, like the moon and the mother just sees right through you. That's why, again, like, you know, people can ask you, are you okay? And you're not really okay. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, I think he's okay. But then like your mom or that, that emotional sacred feminine ask you, even if it's just like a older lady again at, at the line of the grocery store, like, are you okay? Right, sir? Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like, we're going to go have coffee together. And you're like, oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, this is going to be great. But, um, but it is, man. It's, it's again, it's that it's, it's receptive, but it's also so penetrating um, in the aspects of what it does to our internal selves. Right. You know? Um, and again, we just... Well, I know that, um, you know, we'll talk more about uh, this a little little later on, but I know relating back to patterns, but also um, something I think you brought up that I wanted to um, add into this is rhythms, right? These rhythms. Yeah. I know we're talking about these cycles and how they're going to, they're really going to come no matter what. So holding yourself or attaching yourself to these things that are just, you know, very minor in time, you know, are are pointless, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. like, you're, you're going to, like you said, um, the moon, you know, it will see through your facade. That mother energy will see right through what your true, what you, the agenda you think you need is. But in reality, like, you know, you're going to be tested along the way until your job is done to get back home, to get back to, um, where we came from. But I feel like with these rhythms that you're talking about, yeah. um, I mean, if you want to just elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, you know, and we kind of talked about rhythm a little bit in that patterns and vibrations episode. Um, But again, you know, that ebb and flow, getting into rhythm of your life and understanding that there is a rhythm, there's a time for action, and there's a time for rest. You know, Um, there's all those experiences are open for us. And what we do is we learn the rhythm and that flow of the moon so we can tap into those universal rhythms and patterns. And then we're working again and we're going with the stream. Right. So it's, it's again, it's, it's that proactive rather than reactive. reactive. Yeah. And it's, it's going from, you know, living in the effect to being a part of the cause. And that's again, how we're going to, you know, create the world that we really want to create. It's never going to be living in the effect. It's going to be in that causality. Again, this is why they tell you that the moon's not important because they have you living in the effect of the moon and they're controlling your moods. Um, even like how they, even like when they put specials on TV, right. like it's in the moon is in a certain place. Like everything is by design astrologically by these social engineers. So, you know, it, it's really just this free will decision to kind of make that move. But this is a great leap of faith because you jump into astrology um, by the study of the moon, and then everything will else kind of unfold. But the moon's a great one to start off with because you will see the effects of it instantaneously. Right, right. right you know, so it's uh, so powerful. It's our mother, it's our womb. Um, and, you know, it's the it's the vehicle of how we create and it's experience our creation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's a great way to to make a um, to make a path. Like, a, um, you know, an example I have about that mother energy. It's what I always rely on because it's always been my greatest strength. And so, anytime I've ever gained friends or anytime that I've had, um, 
you know, uh, someone who hasn't trusted me um, right away, it's kind of them apprehensive to understanding like, well, what side of the brain are you from right here? Are you more analytical? Are you more into this sort of like artistic and loving side? And I remember feeling that, especially because I'm a guy with other dudes where they were just Mm kind of like, this is my alpha stance. This is what I can do. What can you do? You, you're next. Go. And I'm like, oh, that's not where I'm going to aid you. But when you're at your lowest point, right, right, you will know, you know, why I'm even here. Yeah. And one of the things that I was going to say in, re- in regards to that is, um, I'm, I just finished a, a project that I was filming for, and I had I had to meet a lot of people. I was very fortunate to actually have this, these encounters with individuals, and the best encounters I had were people who were. 100% dedicated to um, their life's work and purpose. And that's how I feel. Like you could take my whole house away right now. I, it doesn't matter. Like I think the things that I have are so that I could better others right away, instantly, right now. Not when I'm older, regretting that I can't, but right now. And physically I can do that. And with my heart, I can do that. And as you were just saying, it's up to us on how to create that path or understand the those patterns. And in this case, with this guy that I was that I'm about to mention – he owns, uh, it's called the Sounds Academy. Um, this guy is this really great guy named Kirk Johnson here in Phoenix, Arizona. But um, immediately we just got to talking because what he started was an organization for underfunded neighborhoods or f- neighborhoods of just lower income who don't have a means to learn music. Mm. And so all these children that come to him are basically learning how to play all kinds of instruments with all kinds of individuals, but also gaining trust as very little humans of older humans who are like, I'm just here to just show you like what your true potential is. So immediately when him and I got to talking, I'm like, you're the man. But he immediately, he felt where I was coming from. He's like, no, you're the man. I'm like, can I take this mask off? And he's like, oh yeah. And then we took it off. And I was like, I could have just hugged the guy. And like, we had a great time. And but again, th- that was all the embodiment of this like sort of motherly energy. We're two males, but we're both talking about like how it's important to take care of the children, the future, and how we are the ones that are in, not necessarily in charge, but we are. Meaning like, how are we going to create a world for those who, um, I guess, don't know that there's possibility exists? You know, mm-hmm. those social engineers we talk about, they're one step ahead of us, but that doesn't mean that you're not in the race either. So you should do whatever you can when you can to open up those like portals for others to sort of like enter that sort of trust, that bond, that connection that we have. And the connection is me as for instance, as a, as a male with that female energy. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's really what I was kind of trying to, to talk about yeah. in regards to that encounter with him. You know? Yeah. Um, no, absolutely, man. And again, that's, it's a great embodiment. And the idea that, again, we, we've talked about this before, but we, you embody both of these energies. Right. You know what I mean? So you are the embodiment of both these energies and you want to express both of these energies in a healthy through the highest frequency kind of way. Um, but yeah, man, the moon, the, the moon. sacred feminine, so important. Um, you know, and again, when we talk about like, oh, you know, we'll get into this later because we'll, that, that will go me down a whole different rabbit hole. But um, but yeah, no, that's I, it's always a fascinating topic. And again, there was so much we want to cover in the future about this. Um, and uh Got some really kind of great episodes lined yeah, up in the excited. near future, you know? So really that Star Wars, that was kind of like a part one. So we're going to kind right. of touch back on that. We're going to break down the actual movies. We did have a lot of requests for the Wizard of Oz from that Star Wars episode. Oh, so we will wait. definitely be doing the Wizard of Oz because right. that is my ultimate favorite. But, um, you know, a lot of new stuff that we're going to kind of be presenting. You know, we we kind of covered those hermetic principles, but now we're really kind of going to get deep down into 
you know, the study of the elements, the study of the Kabbalah, the study of the tarot and the fool's journey and how that relates back to us, um, and really kind of starting to um, study some of the other planets and just, oh, there's so many occult esoteric subjects out there. But now that we have this foundation right. and this common language, um, we'll be able to really transcend the subject and really be able to cover some really in-depth stuff. And again, please be on the lookout. We're really trying to create like a membership where we can have like small group settings and have discussions. Um, we're really looking forward to that. Um, we want to move to Costa Rica. We decided that today. The Know Thyself School. The Know Thyself School in Costa Rica will be the greatest. We will have so much fun there and we'll drink out of coconuts at night and watch the sunset. We're going to love it. You're going to love it. Let's make that happen. Let's like make that I happen. I want to surf with like a full moon. Oh, that would be just, the best. Just do it all at once. I'll just do it all. <laughs> be best friends with like a sea turtle. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's exactly. So let's all put that on our agenda for 2021. We're all going to go to Costa Rica. Um, that would be great. Absolutely. Um, but my man, always such a pleasure to share this space always, and time with always. you. Yeah, no, with that being said, and um, yeah, until next time. Until next time. <laughs>